Oh, here we are. One hour left to play with on this football Sunday, week nine. I do want to give a shout out to the New York City Marathon Runners. I mean, what a tremendous feat that is being able to go 26.2 miles. And you know, it's something I've got on my bucket list. Definitely want to do that before this life of mine is over. But you know, for all the runners out there putting that work in, I know the pain uh, that you put in leading up to this point, all the the effort, the passion, the sweating, the you know, the tears, the blood, everything that went into this preparation. I wanted to give them a shout out today because that is a a marvelous uh, accomplishment, marvelous. And and and, and time. And and Tom, you've got some information as to some you know some records that might have been set today. Yeah, so it looks like there is a new course record uh, for winning the men's race in the New York City Marathon, set by Ethiopian Tamarat Tola. I apologize profusely if I'm saying that name wrong. Finished in two hours, four minutes, fifty-eight seconds, topped the two-hour, five-minute, six-second mark by a guy who ran Jeffrey Mute in 2011. So congrats to him. And then also the other winner from the women's race, Helen Obiri of Kenya, won. Uh, pulled away apparently in the final 400 meters to take the women's title today. So 12 years this record had been intact for. And you said he, he ran 26.2 miles in 2 hours and 48 minutes? 2 hours, 4 minutes and 58 oh, four seconds. Minutes. Oh my goodness, Brandon! Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> wait, what am wait, I doing wait. here? Sitting again. I need to hear this again. You said how many miles? This twenty six point two. Yep, twenty six point two miles. Two hours, four minutes, fifty eight seconds. Two. Oh wow! Two hours and four minutes and fifty eight. So let's say three. Oh my god, that's crazy. He's running like thirty. Is that what thirteen miles an hour? That's that's talking talking consistently. Oh my! <laughs> that's consistent, right there. Oh, if, if, if you do the math, Jesus. you know we know that that to be up and down. So it, it could be going fifteen, sixteen at some at, at some time. It's crazy. That's incredible, Brandon. You ever think about running this marathon? Running a marathon <laughs> on a golf cart. I would love it. To, <laughs> I would love it to not happen during football season. I'm I'm typically working on these Sundays. So if we can get find a way, like the half marathon, it was in October. Couldn't do it because we were working. I I, I want to run a run a marathon. That's something I have to do before I die. Well, why don't you take off uh, next year and do it? Nah, man, I can't. Now, now we messing with the money. We messing. There's a lot happening on Sundays. There's a lot happening on Sundays, but you running could be one of them. Yeah, I know. I gotta find a way to do it. So shout out to this gentleman. Say his name again, Tom, if you still got it up. Yeah, Tamarat Tola of Ethiopia. And That's a nice little tongue exercise. Tamarat Tola, you said? Something like that, yes. T-A-M-I-R-A-T and then Tola, T-O-L-A. And then the women's winner, Helen Obiri of Kenya. A shout out okay. to, to both of them nice. today. Appreciate y'all uh, doing what y'all doing. And also, everyone participating in the New York City Marathon. It is a tremendous event. I'm on social media seeing all the pictures. So rooting you on. Hopefully, y'all got the show uh, on in the AirPods, listening to us break down this NFL week nine uh, that we're going to get to. 800-919-3776. Brandon, before we get back to the Jets and Giants, huge, huge game in the NFC East. You've got Dallas taking on the Philadelphia Eagles and I want to ask you this because I have an answer but I'm curious to see your thoughts Cowboys are in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles Philly's a three-point favorite 
Dallas five and two, Philly seven and one. Who is this game bigger for? This game is bigger for the Cowboys actually because they can close the cushion. You know, like it, you know, like it can change the the trajectory for them. And you know, when it comes to the division, um, so I would say the Cowboys it will be it will be bigger for the, the Eagles are already number one in the division. They're already there, so they're already the number one team in the, in the NFC. Uh, so it won't really mean too much, to, you know, for them. But I definitely hope the Eagles win this game. I 1,000% agree with you. It is a bigger game for the Cowboys because the Eagles have already proven they can be the best team in the NFC, which they did last year a couple plays away from winning the Super Bowl. Uh, they are 7-1. and one. They right now have that head start on the number one seed, which is very important because we know only one team in each conference gets that home uh, that, that first round bye. And when you look at all the injuries taking place around the league, I mean, you really, really want to take advantage of getting that extra week off. So it's an important game for the Cowboys. There's still a lot for them to prove. I also have been operating from the mindset that there is really, and maybe it's unfair to say this, there's really nothing Dallas can do in the regular season that is going to alter their narrative. The naysayers are going to be the naysayers until they get to the playoffs and prove they can win big games, which they have not been able to do, what, since 1995. So the Eagles, uh, three-point favorites at home. I know it hasn't looked pretty for them so far to start the season, but seven wins is seven wins. The Cowboys have been rolling of late. Uh, just blowing the doors off off teams. We saw what they did to the Rams. We saw what they did to the Chargers. This team right now has been clicking on all cylinders uh, after that loss to the Niners. So it's a big game for both teams. I'm looking forward to it. And maybe I'm rooting for the Eagles in this one. Maybe. You should root for the Eagles in this one. You got nothing. You, you, it's nothing for you to root for the Eagles. I mean, the Jets beat the Eagles. The yeah, Jets right? beat the best team in the <laughs> NFC. That's good. That, that, that's so that a should good make point. you feel better to even, you know, that should make you feel even better when it comes to rooting for the Eagles. Maybe we'll make this uh, as part of our play during the uh, pick six segment. Another game on the slate today that's going to be fascinating is that Bengals-Bills game. Um, remember last year that the Mar Hamlin situation was just uh, traumatic. It was depressing. It was heartbreaking to see this guy literally suffer cardiac arrest on the field, a game that obviously was suspended and not played because there were bigger things to be concerned about. It uh, doesn't look like he's going to be active for this game tonight, um, but it is a huge game uh, between these two teams. Cincinnati, since that 1-3 and three start, has been rolling of late. That offense that we once criticized has been clicking. They hung 34 in the Cardinals. Uh, they put up 17 and it went against the Seahawks. And then last week against that 49ers defense, the 49ers team battling some injuries, they won 37 to 17. So they're on the three game winning streak. Meanwhile, the Bills are a roller coaster, man. We, we never know what we're going to get from this football team. You know, Josh Allen was on the injury report, then he wasn't. So it's going to be a fun game. Tonight, Cincinnati, two and a half point favorites at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Buffalo Bills has kind of shocked me, you know, just the way their season has has uh, went so far um, with a lot of the inconsistencies that they've showed. Uh, Josh Allen has, 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 you know, I think, you know, for the most part, like other than week one, I thought he's played really well. He had, to, he had three or four turnovers, in, you know, the first week against the Jets. Uh, I don't think we, we have seen another one of those games from him like that. But just the overall team has been kind of, you know, inconsistent, which is this the NFL, which is why I say the NFL this year has been really good for, you know, for me to be a former player and watch it. You know, you never know who's going to win these games when, you know, you know, when you line up, you know, and this is what it is. Like other than, you know, been in the past where you know the bad team was going to get their butts kicked. You know the Cleveland Browns were going to lose. You know those, <laughs> but this, that's not the case this year. 
Yeah, so um, those are two fun games uh, to watch in addition to what we're seeing on our screen right now with the Dolphins in possession of the football. Once down 21 nothing. They are trailing 21-14. They were helped by a Patrick Mahomes fumble. They've got the ball second and five from the Miami 16, driving with a chance to either tie the game or take the lead, you know, if they go for two. So this has turned into a good one out in Germany. And, of course, out in Las Vegas this afternoon, a 425 game on Fox, you have the Giants taking on the Raiders. And it's an important game from this standpoint. If the Giants lose to a team in disarray that just fired its head coach, general manager gone, offensive coordinator out, quarterback bench, they're now starting a a fourth-round pick rookie who's played one game. Daniel Jones now back in the mix. I'm still waiting to see what the uh, inactives will be. So, you know, uh, might not have that before the end of the show. But it's trending toward the offensive line getting healthier. We know Darren Waller's out. Uh, He's on the IR dealing with that hamstring injury. But the Giants right now should be getting better, should be getting healthier. You go out there and you lose this game to a bad Raiders team, I just think your stock takes a hit. The quarterback takes a hit. The head coach takes a hit. The GM takes a hit. The organization takes a hit because what you're staring at is a four or five win season that no one saw coming. Right. I mean, yeah, no one saw it coming. Uh, so I got to be honest, man. I, like after last year, the Giants made that run, uh, made, you know, you know, made it to the playoffs. Uh, then won the first round, you know, won the wild card week, which was, you know, we always happy about that as fans. Uh, but just, to, you know, we never thought, you know, we got the coach of the year, you know, you know, Dane Jones playing his, playing good, still not lighting up the scoreboard, still not lighting up the stat sheet, but he didn't cost his team games, he didn't turn over the football. Um, and I don't think he's doing much of that now, to be honest, which is just everything else is going bad. And just to see the way we've started this season and the way we're still playing in this season, this is just really, really shocking and really surprising to me that things are going the way they're going so far. I, I, I honestly had them doing so much better as the second year in this new regime than, than what they're doing now. Well, the Ghosts have a, a return for Daniel Jones. The injuries that we saw uh, bedevil him to start his career. He's missed three games so far this season with a neck injury. That's now twice in the last three years he's dealt with a severe neck injury that caused him to miss significant time. And the turnovers, six interceptions. Now, a couple of those were not on him. Like we saw Saquon have uh, you know, a couple of passes bounce off his chest and into the hands of defenders. Uh, but between those two things, it, not what you want to see so far from your your quarterback you just paid. And and the problem for Daniel Jones is, Brandon, like if we get to the end of the season and we still don't have an answer on him, we're not going to be heading into year six. It's still wondering is if this guy is the quarterback for the Giants. And you said, you know, week nine, you know who you are already. Year six, we should have a pretty good picture of who you are. Yeah, I mean, week six, I think you're right. I think we should have. A, I just don't think Daniel Jones is ever going to be a guy to put up the type of numbers that, that these other quarterbacks put up, I just you know what I mean. I, I think he, he he is who he is. Right? So, you know, the, at most he'll get you you know three hundred twenty yards, maybe three touchdowns or two touchdowns. You know, you know, thirty you know thirty one for thirty nine. I think that 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 would be his absolute best game that he is. Like he's he's not a guy that's gonna come up and light up the stat sheet, throw for four hundred yards and. 
five touch, you know, it's just he's just not I don't I don't think he's that guy. I think he's copious yeah, I think he's he's easy, you know, average you know, around two fifty, somewhere around there, a touchdown, two touchdowns or something like that, you know. I think that's who he is. Is that $160 million you know, worth of quarterback? I'll let you be the know. judge of that. Well, so it's 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 Daniel Jones who is going to be operating with some pressure to end the season. And, look, I'm not saying he should be fired at the end of the year. Brian Dable, I think that would be crazy for anyone to suggest that. But what I am saying is that there's a chance he enters next season with a, with, with some, some hotness on his seat because, like, this, the offense that is supposed to be his specialty – has been the worst in football. And look, mm-hmm. it's, a part of it is like context, right? The the offensive line is stunk. Losing Saquon for three games. You lose your quarterback for three games. Waller's been in and out, which, by the way, is looking like a bad trade. The Giants gave up a third-round pick for him. Uh, but, yeah, so there are certain things that have happened. There are certain circumstances that have presented themselves that have put Brian Dable in an unfavorable position. But when you look at the totality of this, uh, of this experience – I mean, you got to go back a long time to find like the Giants. What they start six and one last year? Six, now yeah, they started six and one last year, yeah. And then they ended nine seven and one, and now they started the season two and six. So it's you've, you're going a long time since the last time we've seen the Giants beat a legitimately good team. So for Brian Dable, I think these next games, uh, the rest of the season, the next half of the season is very important for him. Because you want to see that all the stock that he was able to build up last year not completely flatline. Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, started off the season like they did last year, man. We were all, we all had so much to be excited for. I think, I didn't even know you the entire, I think you were even excited for the Giants. <laughs> no, I was, I was. I, it was fun. You know, they, they were a fun team last year. Yeah, you know, they, they did a lot uh, on offense, you know. Again, still didn't, didn't, didn't light up the stat sheet now, even during that now. If you yeah. can go back and look at this, you know, the, the stats and the scores for, for a lot of these games. There weren't. There wasn't. There wasn't. You know, throwing. You know, putting up numbers like that. They were. They were winning games. There wasn't. There wasn't. Uh, get, you know. Turn, you know. There wasn't turning the ball over. And they. And they. And they. And they played damn near penalty free. You know. So that's how they ended up getting where they. You know. Were last year, but now they're still not really turning the ball over as much. But the penalties is killing us. The, the you know I think the little runs that we do get sometimes come back due to some blocking or back or some holding or some selfish personal foul yeah. something somewhere along the line. I just think somebody need to find a way to get them not to commit as many penalties. It's like the officials didn't go to them in training camp and told them the rules or something like I don't know. I want to get your take on this before we hit a break. Uh, twice last week, I was very, I mean, I was happy because I was, I'm was i a Jet fan rooting for my team to win. But it, I was very annoyed at the lack of aggressiveness on the part of Brian Dable. Twice in obvious, what I thought, go-for-it situations, he elected to kick, and both times he got burned. It was a fourth and one early in the second quarter, kick, Graham Gano misses. And I get it, you know, chip shots your kicker has to make. But the biggest moment of the game, as the Giants' season is oscillating between being over and still having life, instead of giving the ball to his best player, Saquon Barkley, who I just watched rush for 126 yards, and in that second half could not be stopped, instead of giving the ball to him for one yard to, to end the game, he went to his kicker, who right now is having season-ending surgery. Like, I just thought that that was a bad decision from a coach who last year was so aggressive. That was a terrible decision from Brian Dable. 
Yeah, but if you think about it, man, he didn't have a 50-yard field goal to kick. He didn't. It was right. It wasn't an unmakeable kick. So, you know, so he goes into it thinking, okay, it put us up here. Then they got the, the, the length of the field to go with seconds to get a touchdown. To get a touchdown, so I mean, I get his thinking and what it is. I don't but think he had just a missed decision. a kick earlier. He had and just he was missed hurt. a kick earlier. But just because the guy missed a kick earlier, you, you can't not go back to him. You can't lose faith. But in Brandon, your guy like he's that. hurt. He he was hurt. He's been hurt all season long. You're trusting him, who who's he's been missing kicks all year. He's hurt. I've got Saquon Barkley. Give me one yard, Saquon. And it's not like Saquon was, uh, you know, barely, barely. Uh, impactful in this game. Saquon was running up and down the field in that second half. A kicker who's been who's consistently missing kicks should not be on anyone's roster, number one. So that's the number one problem right there. That is it right there. He should have been cut a long time ago. If he's consistently missing kicks and now he's, you know, that's what you do when when you get kickers in you know they're in this situation. There's a lot of kickers out there on the streets can probably that could have probably made those kicks he missed. All right, so that's the number one problem right there. But I can't get mad at Coach for, for, for putting his faith into his guy. You're on the field. You're dressed. You're active. You can play. And, I, and you know, so I, I understand what, you know, what he was thinking. I mean, I do understand, but I get your point as well. You give the ball to Saquon Barkley. He get the one yard. You get the first down. Then you, then you run the rest of the clock out. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would have preferred to end the game there, knowing that the Jets, uh, even as a fan, had no chance stopping Saquon. 800-919-3776. Still a lot to do. Got to pick our six games against the spread. Got to go in or out. And I've also, I, I was out last night. I, I saw something disgusting, and it reminded me of Uh-oh. why I keep a list of pet peeves. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, as we progress through the program, going until 1 o'clock, leading you into Packers-Rams right here on 987 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Here we go. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs. The 2024 Navy Federal Credit Union NHL Stadium Series comes to MetLife Stadium this winter for two games featuring four division rivals. The Flyers face off against the Devils on Saturday, February 17th at 8 p.m. And the Rangers take on the Islanders on Sunday, February 18th at 3 p.m. Tickets on sale at NHL.com slash Stadium Series Tickets. So, Brandon, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm out last night celebrating my, my cousin's birthday. Uh, so, shout out to her. We had a good time, family engagement. We went to a karaoke place, had our private room. It was fun. I got a family of singers. It was, it was tremendous. So, as we're leaving... Um, we, we go upstairs because they had us like in the basement area in our private room. So we go upstairs, we're paying, paying off the bill. And I think to myself, I've got a 20 minute drive home. So instead of like, you know, dealing with that, that feeling of, I gotta go, I gotta go. So I'm speeding. I'm like, let me just use the bathroom now. Make sure I take care of business and I'm all set. So I go to the restroom. We've got the double urinals that are too close together. So I'm like, you know what? Someone's using one of them. I I don't really want to be that close to them. Let me just go to the actual toilet seat. So I handle my business. I go to the sink, wash my hands. I've got the door propped open because I'm someone who never likes to touch the doorknob. I I either use like paper towels, uh, but this particular bathroom didn't have that. They just had the air dryer situation. So I'm like, let me just keep it propped open with my foot and then I'll be on about my way. So then this guy who's using, who's doing his business at the urinal, zips his pants up 
and just walks right past me. And I'm like, he walks out. Just walked right out. So I, so I actually went up to him. I was like, yo, fam, you're not going to wash your hands? And he, <laughs> he has the audacity to say to me, he's like, bro, I'm going straight home. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? What does that even mean you're going straight home? What does that have to do with you touching touching your situation in the bathroom in, in, a, in, a, in a bar? It's probably a just, nasty bathroom, too. A nasty bathroom and just walking straight out. Like, that makes no sense to me. Dude, it takes 20 seconds, especially it's flu season. We got COVID numbers going up. You're in a crowded like karaoke bar. Like, the last thing you should be doing is touching on your junk and just straight walking yeah. out the bathroom. That's I, that's gross. I've started washing my hands more, too, just throughout the days because I use, like, all, like uh, oil. You know, like, I use for lotion. I don't use lotion. I just use oil because lotion is too thick. So I've, I've washed my hands throughout the day a few times um, as well. But, yeah, I don't know, man. That, but what type of what type of testicles you have though to go up to a stranger in public to say <laughs> to say that <laughs> maybe because maybe it's not the best idea but no, it's, it's a pet it peeve of mine <laughs> no he it was as he was walking past me it, so the, the important part of that story is not that i went up like i didn't chase him down I've, i have the door propped open for a reason and he's walking past me and i'm watching uh, this unfold so i'm like well, he Yo. thought you was being nice oh he thought you was being nice holding the door open for him so he didn't want to take long so we just started <laughs> and maybe i just momentarily lost my mind because this is something that bothers me to no end but like first like what's worse the fact that he didn't wash his hands or his excuse being that he's going straight home as if there's ever any situation that calls for you to after using the bathroom just walk straight out without he's washing gonna, your hands he's gonna grab his phone he's gonna touch his steering wheel and it's gonna spread all over the place and, and God forbid he's going on public transportation where oh, you know he's worse. he's touching poles and yeah. oh man like I just, I just picture myself being in that situation. This happens a lot in the gym too with me. Like I've seen people go into the bathroom and drop a deuce and just walk straight out. Like how disgusting is that? Yeah, that's yeah that one right there. I don't I don't I don't understand that. And then I, I see that same that person dapping people up. So that's why I, I, I don't What's dap up, people bro? up in the gym. Yeah. What's up, bro? Yeah. Yeah, nah, I don't do that. Bro. Nah, I'm with you. <laughs> I don't do that, man. I, I, I've learned just from watching these things take place, I'm giving you just a pound, the fist bat, the fist bump. That's, that's the, the el- most you go. Or the elbow to elbow. That yeah, the works. elbow to elbow is probably more sanitary. That's yeah, probably that more sanitary. Works. But man, it, it just bothers me. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything to him, but it bothered me so much. I, I really yeah, have to bring that. That's what I'm more shocked at that you actually said, "Yo, bro, you, you, you're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna, you know, wash your hands after touching your situation." Because <laughs> I believe it's my civic duty. Like God places people on this earth for different purposes. Like what part of my purpose is to try to correct nasty behavior. So when I see you running around after touching on your junk, uh, not washing your hands, I, I gotta call that out. I want you to know, though, Ty, you cannot change the world. I know. Not by yourself. You can't do it, man. I know. And they say that, you know, you want to change the world, you got to change yourself. So I, I've i made more of a – every time I use the bathroom, I, I'm washing my hands. But, like, to your point, I've made more of a concerted effort throughout the day. Even if I don't engage in something that's in, unsanitary, I'm washing my hands. Because that's just nasty, bro. Like, what are we doing out here? 
What are we doing out here? This portion of the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Bullet Frontier Whiskey, an official whiskey partner of the NFL. Please enjoy responsibly. Must be 21 or older. So I know you got the show later on today, which is why like now that I'm thinking this question through, it doesn't make sense. But I wanted to know, like, what's your game day watching experience like? Are you sipping on some beverages? Are you eating the pizza and the wings? Like, what, what does that Sunday look like for you when you're not working? Well, this year Sunday has been laying in bed as long as I possibly can before I got to get up and deal with Ty Butler. Oh man, he's a lot to deal with. That dude is a lot right? to handle, man. And then I, I take the little break I, I have off, and I have Jeff. Jeff Turn comes up, and we have a good time on that show as well as as well as we do on, on this show. But my, but my Sundays has drastically changed since I've been doing radio, man. So what what was it before prior to you having to do multiple shows on a, on a given Sunday? Well, I would just we you know we would sit down, we would watch the Giants game, you know wherever that would be. Um, so we we'll, we we'll, we'll, you know we would watch that and go on with the rest of the day, man. Just kind of you know lay low, you know sit back and just and just chill at the crib. You know that's just a you know, day to sit back. You know we got to, we got school tomorrow. You know, sit back with the kids and just just lay low at the house, man. No, like no big deal. We'll watch football. You know, we'll watch football Saturday. Oh, uh, college um, football was lit yesterday. You see, Georgia yeah. pulled that one out there at the, at the end, almost losing to Missouri. Yeah, I that know. D lineman got the interception. Yo, that's one of the funniest things, man. Watching a D lineman take an interception and try to yeah. run it back. Yeah, that is a fun. That is something funny because you know they don't know how to run with the ball. Number one, they swinging it all over the place. But yesterday, man, we we went up. You know, my son was invited to the Alabama LSU game, so we went Ooh. up to Tuscaloosa and went, and went and watched that one. Forty-two twenty-eight, Bama got the victory. Forty-two It was a good. It was a great game. The atmosphere was great. Um, it was score for score until Daniels went down, man. They yeah, that was him. tough to see, man. So that once was... he went down, the offense stopped, and the Bama just got two quick touchdowns after that, and it was over with. Now Bama's live, so you get the uh, conference championship game. They'll they'll meet Georgia, and you know if they win that game, all of a sudden they're back uh, in the fold. And they're it's right scary back for, into it's scary. it. It's scary for Alabama to be back in the fold, you know, to compete for a national championship, man. You know, because because honestly, I don't really see, I don't really see any of the top teams, top four teams they have now, really better than them. So I do think they're going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. Oh, you game. do think that? Yeah, I okay. Do think that. All right. I do well, believe that. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Right now in Germany, the Dolphins have the ball trailing by a score. It'll be interesting to see if they score a touchdown. They go for two. Uh, clock is running down to a minute 40. They are in Chiefs territory right now after a most start uh, run for a first down. He gets uh, he almost got out of bounds, but he stays in bounds. He gets to about the 35. So we'll keep you posted on that. Play in a route. Do picks against the spread. Still a whole lot to do as we march toward the finish line right here on 987 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to decide. Are you in or are you out? Oh, let's do it. This is the time in the program where the producers become the biggest stars. Uh, But first, let's just uh, give you some NBA news. Sham Sharani reporting that. James Harden is going to make his debut tomorrow at the Garden against the Knicks, and the team is expected to start uh, Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Ivaka uh, Subots. Uh, so that's going to be a fun one at the Garden tomorrow. But before we get there, let's go to Harvey and Tom Bo- uh, Tom Bauer for in or out. What's up, guys? What's up, Ty? What's up, Brandon? What's up? 
So, so on, man? I, I'm doing just fine roasting you. That was probably the best part of my day so far. Wow. Uh, if that's the best part of your day, man, uh, you've got, you got a lot of life to be living, my, my G. That's true. But let's get on with in or out. So the first question I want to ask you guys is about head coaching in the NFL, because we just saw Josh McDaniels get fired inevitably from the Las Vegas Raiders. But I want to know if one of the next few coaches is going to be fired this season. And I've compiled a list of the three that I think are on the hot seat the most, which is Brandon Staley, Ron Rivera, and Matt Eberflus. So my question to you guys is, in or out, one of these three uh, coaches will be fired by the end of the season. Oh, definitely. And I'm in on this, um, not just one of them. I think all three will Mm. lose their jobs by the end of the season. Uh, because the Chargers are a team that can we just turn the bed down a little bit, guys? The Chargers are a team that, like, if we just measure um, projections based on talent, they should be at the top of the NFL every single year. But somehow, with Justin Herbert, they haven't even won a single playoff game. And we saw them just last uh, last January blow a twenty-seven nothing lead against the Jags. So Brandon Staley, he's going to be out of a job when when the Chargers miss the players. Matt Eberflus, they're probably going to have to go in a different direction, looking for a new quarterback as well. And then Ron Rivera with the Commanders, looks like that team has just got a big mess on its hands. I'm hoping if they do part with Rivera, Eric Bieniemy finally gets his shot at a head coaching job. But I'm in on this because I think all three of those coaches will be done at the end of the season. I am in on it as well with all three coaches. Uh, you know, Chargers just just underachieved the whole season after a great season last year. Uh, I, I don't know if if uh, I, the whole Ron Rivera situation. I think they hired Eric Bieniemy Bieniemy just just to take over his uh, his head coaching job after this season's over. I mean, the guy was over in Carolina, did a, a bad job in Carolina. I don't think he had much success as a, as a head coach in the National Football League. So, yeah, I'm definitely in on all three of those guys being fired. Next. All right, big game Monday night, tomorrow night. Jets, Chargers. Jets could be winners of four straight, which would be the longest streak under Robert Sala. Right now they're allowing an NFL league low 15 points over their last three games and a total QBR of 31 which is also league low. But the Chargers, whether you like it or not, people, they have the better quarterback in Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. Are we in or out on the loser of this game missing the playoffs? Is this essentially like an elimination game, in or out? I'm out on this. Um, even if the Jets go and drop this game to, tell, you know, to the Chargers, I, I, I still think they'll be in a good situation to make the playoffs because of the way the rest of the schedule looks. I think they'll be fine, and everybody else in, in their division, the first, the top two, that's that's ahead, that's ahead of them, are super inconsistent, not playing the best that they should, that they could play. So, I don't think a loss to the Chargers is going to affect. You know, it's gonna. I shouldn't say not affected. It's definitely going to affect it, but I don't. But I don't think it'll be a deciding factor on them making the playoffs. So I'm out on that. I am with uh, Brandon on this. If the Jets lose this game four and four, while it's it's disheartening because I mean you could be looking at being six and three, and everyone's dreaming about you being that record prior to the Miami and Buffalo, you know, back to back games where you play those two teams twice in the span of five days. I don't think this dooms their playoff hopes. Uh, it does for the Chargers because of the division they play in. We know they're not going to win that. Kansas City seven and two after they just beat the Dolphins to a. Fumbled the snap, so that ended the game 21 to 14. So, you know, not the 
game we would have hoped for, but you know, Kansas City gets to win. Uh, they're not going to win that division. They're going to be in the hunt for a wild card team, but it's hard to envision that happening. They fall to three and five with how loaded the AFC is. So I'm out just because I think the Jets can make the playoffs with the loss. Um, but I do agree that if the Chargers lose this game, it's pretty much an elimination game for them next. So I'd probably say one of the more underrated moves of the deadline was when the Vikings acquired Joshua Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals, given the injury to Kirk Cousins, a smart move by the Vikings brass. And currently as it stands, they are in seventh in terms of the playoff standings in the NFC. And I'm wondering if they could make a run at the playoffs. So in or out, Joshua Dobbs will lead the Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs and even a playoff win. I'm out on this. Uh, first of all, yes, Josh Dobbs, he he did he did fine, you know, when he got the nod. They had actually signed him like a couple weeks before the season, so to see him play as well as he did early, you know, was 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 exciting. I'm sure for the Cardinals fans dealing with that Kyler Murray situation. He's not even starting today for for Minnesota. Jaron Hall is going to get the start in that game against the Falcons. Look, Justin Jefferson, the report came out today that he might not even be back when he's eligible to return from IR. Kirk Cousins was having an excellent season. He's a really good regular season quarterback who becomes underrated because of the primetime stuff and because of the lack of playoff success. But that is a big, big time injury, a significant one, and they are not going to be able to rebound from that. So I'm out on the Vikings uh, making the playoffs led by Josh Dobbs. I am out on that as well. I'm not going to really get into it and go as far as Ty did, but just for the reason that the team hasn't really played well with Kirk Cousins, I don't see them playing better with Josh Dobbs, so I'm definitely out on that. Next. All right, I'm going to give you a list of a few backup quarterbacks here. Guys like Chase Daniel, Brian Hoyer, Cole McCoy, Blaine Gabbert, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, on and on and on. Yet, I look at the Tennessee Titans who drafted Malik Willis a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Then drafted Will Levis. Uh, Will Levis, and he's shining better than both he and Tannehill so far this year. So think philosophically. Are we in or out on, instead of signing retread quarterbacks to be your backups, simply draft rookie quarterbacks in the draft and have them be your backups, in or out? Um, I think I'm going to go out on that because, yeah, you know, the sunshine on the such and such every once in a while. So, you know, you got that, you know, a guy can come in and, and help. But nine times out of ten, I, as an organization, I'd rather go with a savvy vet that's been around for a long time as a backup than to go with a guy that's coming out of college. You never know what you're going to get out of him. Most times, you're going you're you're not gonna, you're not going to get what Will Levis has has brought to the Tennessee Titans. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going with the older guy, so I'm, I'm out on that. Yeah, I'm out on that, too, just because in trying to construct your team, you don't build for your quarterback failing, right? Like, the when they drafted Willis, they had aspirations of him being, you know, a big-time quarterback. A lot of people didn't see it, but they did, obviously. And they kind of gotten lucky with Will Levis because he's come in and he's played well. But, you know, in trying to construct your team, the best way to go about it is to have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal, obviously, and then spend elsewhere, your edge rusher, your offensive lineman, you know, your receivers. Like, you you try to supplement that by having uh, force multipliers on both sides of the ball. So I'm out on you just wasting draft picks trying to find your backup just because you don't believe in your quarterback. If you don't believe in your quarterback, then don't draft him. So a long way of saying I am out on that. Next. All right, I'm going to get straight to the point with this one. Given the 49ers injuries this season, in or out the Seahawks win the NFC West. 
Man, this is a tough one. Yeah. The Niners are dealing with injuries. Debo's got the hairline fracture. We saw Trent Williams and McCaffrey get banged up. And Brock Purdy, all of a sudden, there's a conversation about, you know, whether or not he's the best quarterback for them on the roster. So just out of respect for the Niners, who have shown excellence since Kyle Shanahan has been the head coach and he's been able to figure it out with any quarterback, I'm going to say I'm out on the Seahawks. But I'm like barely out because I believe in Seattle. And I know Geno hasn't played well the last couple of weeks, but their defense has been balling. I, I, I'm, I'm out on it, but just because of respect for Kyle Shanahan. What do you got, Brandon? I am out on that as well. Um, I'm, I'm out on the Seahawks. I, I love Geno Smith. I love all the things he's, that he's been able to do this year. Uh, love this, I, love this, I love the success he's having. And like, and like Ty say, I'm barely out on it, but I think San Francisco got enough of a roster when they're healthy that they're going to get back to the winning side of things and, and going to be successful and win, a, win that division. Next. All right, last one here, and let's just make fun of me because today is my birthday, and I am working on my birthday. So quickly, in or out, if you had the power, no human being should work on his or her birthday, in or out. Oh, I'm out on that. Look, you should be able to celebrate your birthday. You should be able to have fun. If you're going on vacation, that's one thing. But if you are in the the place where you live, where you reside, and you got to show up to work, you've been there since, what, 7 a.m., and you get to leave after the show. It's a quick six-hour shift, and you can go about your business. I'm out on you having the, you know, this, this mandatory day off on your birthday. Yeah, me too. I'm out on that. It's just a birthday. You're just getting older. You're just changing the number. Your life is the same. The world doesn't stop turning because you because it's your birthday. Go go you know go ahead and, and go to work and get your cake and ice cream. I'm gonna celebrate this one for the month for the whole month. Oh no! Don't He's don't know. Do <laughs> He's got the countdown do clock and everything. Oh man! Thank you guys. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. That was in or out quickly before we hit a break. Let's go to Cullum in the Bronx. Wants to weigh in on the Giants. What's up, Cullum? What's going on, Ty? What's going on, Brandon? Um, so I know I'll probably get a little bit of flack for this, but a lot of the talk has been about the Giants possibly, you know, just tanking, get the best available thing. I don't think that's even going to be a conversation with the team. They're going to try to win every game. So I'm completely out on the idea of tanking. But I look forward to what the schedule has left. Like three out of the next four games, you have the Raiders, you have the Commanders, you have the Patriots. I don't see the Giants beating the Cowboys. I don't see the Giants beating the Eagles. But the last game of the year is the Eagles, and they might have the you know first-round bye locked up by that, by that time. I can see the Giants. There's a strong possibility. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but 8-9 and nine is, is, is still possible. I it's think. the worst. It's you the know, worst case scenario, though, Cullum. Eight and nine is the worst case scenario. You missed. A, you win all those games, missed the playoffs, and now you're picking in, in the teens, and you don't even get to like capitalize on the disappointing season that was taking a step back. It's the worst case scenario. So I don't even know why you would be rooting for that. Well, I mean, I don't know if the number one. I don't know. I don't believe in tanking, right? But I don't believe the Giants could could, could win eight games either. Uh, but I don't believe in tanking and get a better pick because what are you gonna bring in a better pick into? You're gonna bring a you're gonna you're gonna bring a better pick into the same situations we got now. I don't yeah. I don't think a Caleb Williams or whoever that that is that we can bring in a quarterback, you know, can he can you know can change anything? 
No, I would go out and draft a wide receiver probably. Mar oh, Marvin you know, Harris Jr. Yeah, yeah, Marvin Harrison. Yeah, we can go out and get a guy like that who could try to see if we can come in and the next year and and, uh, and help Daniel Jones. And if Daniel Jones can't cut it, you know, maybe we go after Shador Sanders the year after. Ooh, got it like that. And as far as the Eagles, that game not mattering. I've got a tough schedule ahead. They play the Cowboys today. And then after a bye, they will play the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. And they've got the Bills, Niners, Cowboys against Seahawks before they play the Giants, Cardinals, and Giants to end the season. So I don't know if that first round bye will be locked in, but we shall see. What we do know will happen is we'll make our picks against the spread coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Six games, six picks to the house. Pick six, touchdown! This is the Pick Six. All right, uh, so let's go quickly here. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going to 1 o'clock. It's a game we're leading into, so let's start with the Rams and the Packers. It's funny to, to listen to reports this week that said that uh, Brian Gutenkunst isn't sure Jordan Love is the, the quarterback of the future. You think? This year he has not been good at all. So good thing they traded up during the championship window for the Packers to draft this guy. Uh, I, the Rams are getting three and a half points. I like them in this game. They've struggled of late. Uh, they had made things a little bit interesting. I, I don't love that they got just their doors blown off by the Cowboys in a game that I thought would be more competitive. That that was coming off of a loss to the Steelers, but their offense against a really good Steelers defense, but only able to put up 17 points. And I'm gonna go uh, Rams plus three and a half in this game. Hat tip to my guy Tom Barrow, who also loves this. Your thoughts, Jacob? Yeah, I, you know what? I think the Rams have been through enough uh, mediocrity like this season with a really good roster. I think they got some really good players on their team who was a part of the success that the team has had, you know, over the past few years. So I got to go with the Rams. Today. All right, let's let's go to the Seahawks and the Ravens. This is a six-point spread. I don't love that the number is this high. Seattle's a really good team. Geno hasn't played great of late, and the Ravens are coming off of I mean, some some monstrous victories. I remember they blew out the Lions in a statement win uh, for Baltimore that has people thinking that maybe this team can be the best uh, in, the, in, uh, in the AFC, I should say. Last week, they beat the Cardinals. But I think the Seahawks can keep this close. So I'll go Seahawks plus six in this game. Hmm. Well, I, I, that's interesting because that, that's the same thing. I, same thought that I had. Everything... <laughs> That's the same thing. I think I like Geno Smith. I think I think he's done great this season. They got a loaded, uh, a hungry Baltimore Ravens team in front of them. Um, but again, they haven't still. They haven't been, you know, set themselves apart. You know, just you know, as the best team uh, quite yet. But you know, I got to go with the Seahawks in this one. Buccaneers on the road to take on the Texans. C.J. Stroud has been awesome this year. 1,800 yards, nine touchdowns, just one pick. There has to be some, I guess, progression to the mean. Like, to watch Allen and Hurts and Mahomes all turn the ball over. While C.J. Stroud, the rookie, has only got one inter interception. Weird way to think about this. But that the progression to the mean for a rookie quarterback is going to happen as far as the turnovers. And I think this is going to be a tough one today against a really good Buccaneers defense. So I like Tampa Bay plus three in this game. I'm going with C.J. Stroud today. I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud today. I think he's playing well. You know, I, I think things are coming along for Coach, uh, for, uh, Coach Ryan's over there at uh, in Houston. I think they pull this one out today against the Bucks. All right. Uh, you're not going to like this one. The Giants, to me, 
I'm never going to world of trouble. Say about the Giants. They are in a world of trouble in this game. It's a team that's going to be invigorated by having a head coach who did they, they did not want there. He's fired. Antonio Pierce comes in with some energy, some passion. Obviously, the player experience, and he's going to have these guys uh, ready to go. Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, uh, they've got too much offensive talent to have just one game this year where they've scored plus uh, or more than 20 points in a game. So I think we'll see them their offense get a little rolling a little bit. I know the Giants' defense has played well. Shout out to Kayvon. He was disruptive last week. Dexter Lawrence, you know, they say goodbye to Leonard Williams, but that defense is still pretty good. I just think that the Raiders, because of the energy they come into this game with, Daniel Jones fresh off of three straight missed games. I like the Raiders minus one and a half in this one. It was great doing the show with you today, Ty. <laughs> it was great are, doing the show with you. Are I'm you ever going, going to I'm, pick against the Giants, though? I'm going with the Giants. I'm going with the Giants by ten today. All right, Giants by 10. We got to rip through these real quick because we got 90 seconds left. We're on the same side, right? Eagles at home against the Cowboys. I like Philadelphia today, minus three to improve to eight and one. I like Philly today as well against the Cowboys. I never root for the Cowboys. And then Sunday Night Football sees the Bengals hosting the Bills. I think this will be a high-scoring game. Vegas has the over-under at 50 and a half points. You just know, never know what you're getting from Buffalo. Bengals have been rolling. Joe Burrow, that calf looks like it's feeling pretty good. That offense is humming. And they're getting, they're giving two and a half points at home. So I like Cincinnati minus two and a half today. I'm going, I'm going with Buffalo. I'm going, I'm going with Buffalo Ooh. by six. All right, Buffalo's going to win that game. So this is not included in the pick six segment. We can kill the music. But tomorrow night, as we end the show, the Jets and the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Chargers are the favorites. The big game for the Jets. How do you see this one playing out? You got 15 seconds. I'm going, I'm going with the New York Jets. I think, I think the Jets are going to score. I think, I think the Jets are going to score a touchdown on defense. Oh, they're going to get a defensive game. touchdown. To win the game. To win, to the, game. win the game. I like win it. Yo, game. it's always fun sharing Sundays with you, my man. Uh, have fun on your program later today from 4 to 7 on ESPN Radio. Yes, sir. You guys have a good one. All right. That was Brandon Jacobs. I'm Ty Butler.